I'll start off by giving a little apology for my homily here. I think there's a great need to speak quite frequently about the love that Jesus Christ has for each one of us individually. Many people have a very uh, diminished sense of self, and they need to be built up, and they need to be encouraged, they need to be told that God loves them. And uh, there's a great need to speak about Christ's mercy in the world, something that's, that's felt very, uh, very much so all over. Uh, at the same time, we have a problem today, and that is we have a severely diminished sense of sin. And during Lent, you'll hear Father Tedeschi kind of hammer away at sin a little bit more than I might at other times of the year. So if I get kind of mean and scary during the season of Lent, forgive me, it won't be all year long. It's just this is a time of penance. It's a time when we need to have uh, acquire a realistic grasp of ourselves and where we are. And we need to have uh, no illusions about us being good people. And so when we look at our first reading, it, you know, the, the nation of Israel as a whole is being castigated by, by the prophet. He's saying, your sins are as red as scarlet. Okay? And I think uh, many Americans today, if you were to ask about sin, they would say, I don't know what you're really talking about. I think that we're generally good people. I really don't know what the whole thing of sin is. I mean, I don't hurt anybody, you know, I seem like I'm a good person, I, all my friends are good people, you know, maybe there's these bad terrorists over in Iraq or something, but that's not me, that's not us, we're good. I think we have a very unrealistic understanding of ourselves as who we are as Americans, and whether or not we really are good or not. So, we talk about sin, we talk about severe sin or grave sin, sin that will send you to hell. Sin that is damnable, that will lead to eternal condemnation, separation from the presence of God and eternal torments. It's very real, it's very prevalent. So just, we're going to leave aside the question of divorce, for example. Okay, I'm going to talk about sins that are proper to Americans. Just leave aside divorce, which in, in many, in some cases is not, wouldn't be considered a grave sin, but in other cases it is a grave sin. Leave aside the widespread uh, phenomenon of premarital sex and cohabitation, which is virtually ubiquitous. I'm going to leave those aside, okay? And just talk about two. Now, there's no children here, okay? And I wanted, I would hedge this a little bit more delicately if it was a Sunday Mass. Let's talk about pornography. Let's talk about abortion, okay? Uh, pornography. From one statistic I read, they say that the Internet... 30% of the Internet, 30% of the Internet, like the, the bandwidth, however you estimate that, is taken up by pornography. 30%. Again, another statistic, and I don't know all the details about these statistics, but one statistic I've seen is that 70% of American men view pornography, and again, I don't know how frequent that is, 70%. Women, it's less, but it's still there. Now, the pornography industry. This, think about the people who are engaged in producing this. These people are, what would bring a man or a woman to actually subject themselves to something like this and to be viewed this way 
and to like dedicate their life to this. They've got to be very hurting people. They've got to have really something, wounds, deep wounds in them to, to voluntarily subject themselves to this. And then you have all the producers that manipulate these poor people who are wounded and messed up and they do it for money and they make, I don't know, I think it is actually like billions of dollars come in because of this industry. Like billions? Are you kidding me? And then the viewers are participating in this gross, exploitative, unchaste activity. Okay, so as Americans, are we good? Are we good people? <clears throat> Let's talk about abortion. Murdering human lives. Since Roe v. Wade, 1973, almost within my lifetime, I was born in 77, one-sixth of the American population has been aborted. A sixth of the population. We have murdered a sixth of our own people. Does that make any sense? Is that good? All right. So, now what about not just the people who perform the abortions, who have the abortions, what about... Americans who vote, what about the politicians who put in uh, motion legislation that liberalizes and legalizes and makes available this murderous process? And then, how many Americans say explicitly, now sometimes you can, it's legitimate to vote for a politician who has less than ideal stance on abortion uh, because relative to the other one, to the other, to his, com, you know, competitor, uh, he's not as bad, and so you're trying to limit the damage. And there's these kind of fine points when it comes to voting. But I can say this: if you vote for a politician who is pro-choice because he or she is pro-choice, you've committed a damnable sin. How many Americans have done that? How many Americans do that? He's pro, he's pro choice. I'm all for that. That's good. That's why I'm going to vote for him or her. So, I say all this to say to kind of like, we as Americans kind of, we need to have a little bit of a more realistic view and a self-appreciation of whether or not we deserve, uh, eternal damnation and hell. Now, as Christians, many Christians, many Catholics do participate in these sins. So again, as Christians, as Catholics, we need to have a little bit more realistic estimate of where we stand in God's eyes. These are just two sins that I've enumerated that are a little bit more obvious than the other ones. Just two out of a plethora of serious grave sin. And uh, so this Lent, it's a time of penance. It's a time uh, to do penance for our sins. It's a time to do penance for the sins of our fellow Catholics and for our fellow Americans. And how beautiful, how liberating it is to say, I don't want any of this garbage. I want to live a holy, good life. I want to truly live a chaste life and a life that respects other human beings from conception until natural death, a life that is lived in service to others. How beautiful of a vocation is that. And that's our baptismal vocation. So let's not be mediocre Christians. Let's strive for holiness. 
Let's do real penance and let's live real holy lives so that we can be an example for the rest of the world that's broken, that's hurting, that is on its way to hell and that needs salvation. Let's do that. We can, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We can live holy, good, truly exemplary, not mediocre, not nice people lives, but truly holy lives.